Pro ball is definitely on top right now. It's been a lot of pro interest so far. Last year I had a lot as well. Came down to the curveball and needing another off-speed pitch and then being healthy as well. Welcome to episode 220 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. One could argue that Kyle Bloor has seen everything baseball can show you in a really short amount of time. Growing up mainly as a catcher, he got to represent both Alberta and Canada on a number of occasions, spending time with various teams between Lethbridge and Calgary. At 16, he randomly ended up having to go through Tommy John surgery and wasn't even sure he'd be able to play college baseball until he was recruited by Colby Community College. His numbers weren't eye-popping, but he kept on working and ended up getting an offer to head to Tennessee Wesleyan University Bulldogs, where he's been lights out this year, going 2-0 with six saves and a 3.3 ERA in 13 appearances. Bloor joined us for a candid conversation a couple of weeks ago to talk about his journey and what he hopes young kids can take away from his wild ride. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Great start to the spring for you at Tennessee Wesleyan. How are things going from your perspective? Uh, going pretty good. I know I've been battling some health things throughout the past few years and this year's been, a, uh, been the healthiest year I've had and it's finally shown with my body and the results and stuff like that. So um, just really kind of honing in on potentially being last year college and trying to get to the next level. What's been key in getting yourself into a healthy spot? What did you do over the off season to get yourself ready for this year? Uh, definitely. So a lot of guys always play the summer ball and stuff like that. I decided to, to take the summers off and really focus in on the weight room and um, building up the arm strength and health. And then I know I was always in the weight room trying to be, be a bodybuilder and then realize that that's not the, not the type of things I need. And so I really uh, honed in on the athletic side of lifting and changed it up to be more explosive and stuff like that. And being more explosive and flexible, I know I was never really a flexible guy and just getting that extra flexibility has really helped me out in the long run. Talk about the mechanical side of things. Are you working on different pitches during the offseason as well, or do you kind of give your arm that ability to, to rest up a little bit? Because it almost feels like a bit of a meat grinder almost when you consider spring ball and then summer ball, and then you're tossing during the winter. Like, Did you try to take that break both from a mental perspective but also from that physical mechanical perspective to, to give your arm a chance to recuperate a little bit? Yeah, for the first little bit of summer, because I think I threw around 65, 70 innings last year, so... It wasn't too too much, and it wasn't like uh, wasn't like too little that like I needed to go get more innings. Um, so start of the summer, I kind of took a few weeks there just to kind of relax and let the body heal, and then kind of just jumped back right into things, and then really just focused on off speed a lot. So it's not like I took time off with the off speed. I was I was really drilling my off speed because I know that's kind of where I was struggling a little bit. Um, I was always able to get to you know, two strikes, get the hitters into a, a pitching count, and then I just couldn't have anything to get hitters away with. So I know our pitching coach, he wanted me to try to find a few more pitches. So this summertime, I've been really uh, focusing on the a new pitch, my splitter, which has been really successful for me and my curveball. I, I, was, I was more of a slider guy, and then uh, he wanted me to uh, start getting a little more loopier in there. And it's been it's been the thing that's been getting me the numbers I've wanted and excelling in the right path. 
Yeah, obviously really paying off when you look at those early season numbers, and you've certainly given yourself a bit of a niche in that bullpen. Was that the expectation going into the year? Were you hoping to crack the starting three, or were you hoping maybe become more of a prevalent role in the bullpen? What was your expectation heading into this spring? Yeah, so like last year, I was kind of doing both. I was I started off as a starter last year. I think I ended up with 11 starts, and then I was closing on the weekends as well. So I was doing both roles, and um where I was getting more of my success was from the bullpen. I think it's just more of a mentality part of it is I know when I was starting, it was more of a kind of like see if I can pace myself and I wasn't given my best stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I'd come out of the bullpen, coach tells you got one inning to, you know, give it your all and just blow everything out. And um, so that was it meant, it mentally, it was definitely the spot that I uh, was better at out of the bullpen. But when we uh, went into the fall this year, he asked, he goes, where do you, like, where would you feel more comfortable? And I was like, I know I do better in the bullpen. So I took on the closing role. We lost our uh, closer last year. He ended up going to the Dodgers. So I took on that role. And I know actually this weekend I'm getting the start. Our starters were struggling a little bit the past few weeks. And went up to the coach. I was like, hey, I think being healthy this year and um, knowing that I can go a little bit longer, that I think I can take on that starting role. So we're going to see how it goes this weekend with the start. I'm super excited about that. And if it can continue to go well, I think I might try to stay in that starting position. But if not, I can go right back to the closing role where where I'm comfortable at for sure. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the expectations that you had of this particular team this year. You're off to a fiery start so far. Walk us through what you you thought this team was capable of doing this spring. Uh, we're definitely a World Series team, that's for sure. I know right now we're... Uh, we're in a little bit of a, uh, a dry spout. Our, our record obviously shows that it's not, but our coach holds us to a high expectation. He knows that we're not playing to that ex- expectation as well. Um, so, I mean, it on paper looks really good. And then when we get into the ranked teams, it's like we, we kind of shy down a little bit. So our coach is really focusing on that part and how we can win those ranked games. Um, our pitching has definitely been and our strong suit for sure this year. I know we struggled last year with our pitching. We didn't have many arms to rely on. And this year we got 10 solid dudes out there. So it's like we can throw anybody at any time. Um, but our hitting is slowly coming along for sure. But I think once we uh, we click and we can have our pitching going full tilt and our hitters full tilt, that it's going to be a, it's going to be a scary year. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. We're just waiting for that spark to come. And I think we have a really good chance at uh taking Southeastern out this year. Talk a little bit about your goals and aspirations for this year. As you mentioned, this might be one of this might be your final year in college ball. Do you have that goal or dream, the numbers maybe? Do you have a role that you wanted to carve out for yourself? Walk us through what your mindset was heading into the year and what you would like to accomplish when when things are done. Uh yeah, uh pro ball's definitely definitely on top right now. It's been a lot of pro interest so far last year at a lot as well. Um, came down to the curveball um, and needing another off-speed pitch and then being healthy as well. So with all that going well this year, I feel as though I can I can definitely get into that pro uh, pro area and try to exceed there as well. Um, but that's kind of my main goal is to finish this year off strong with good numbers. I want to be able to stay under a 2 ERA, um, keep my K per 9 high and keep my walks down. Uh, I've been struggling with the walks a little bit, but in the past few outings, I've been able to uh, manage that very well. 
but hopefully it can get that pro ball opportunity this year and keep continuing playing baseball for as long as I can. I like it. All right, let's go back in time a little bit here and talk about the beginnings of you in baseball in Lethbridge growing up there. What was the scene like? How did you get involved in the game in the first place? And do you remember the first time you stepped out on a ball field? Yeah, it was actually uh, hockey always had me at heart, to be honest. Um, I played hockey and growing up uh, till I was 15 and baseball was always there. And I mean, hockey, you get eight months of the year to play and being in Lethbridge baseball, you get the three months. So always had more of a love for the game for hockey, but um, definitely was better at the baseball side of it. So came down to that decision to play baseball. And then uh, growing up, my brother was a hockey player. So dad was a hockey player. My dad never played baseball. Um, my brother was a lot better at hockey than he was at baseball also. So I thought I was going to go the hockey route, but, um, growing up playing all the travel ball and stuff like that, um, kind of pushed me towards the baseball area. I love doing the traveling, going to the warm weather down in Phoenix, playing, um, seeing all the talent down there just made me want to get better at it as well. Um, uh, first time I stepped on a ma- or stepped on a field, I, I had to been young. I don't even remember. But it started in left. I want to say I, was, I skipped T-ball, I skipped coach pitch, went right into uh, uh, minors and majors there. And then, yeah, it just it started early for me. So you said that you grew up in a hockey household. How Was it one of those things where your parents were like, you know what, we'll, we'll, you can play whatever sport, we'll let you give it a shot kind of thing? Or how, who was it that uh, got you into the game in the first place? Uh, definitely my dad. He... Uh, he, I think he's seen it before I did. He knew I was going to excel better at baseball than hockey. I always thought I was going to be better at hockey than I was at baseball just because it's kind of how my brother <laughs> fell into it. Um, but my dad coached me growing up playing baseball. He didn't coach me in hockey. So being on the field with my dad always encouraging me was definitely huge. Brother was on the side coaching as well. And then they seen it obviously before I did. So um it came when I was 15, 16, the decision, that's when I had to make. It was either I go to Okotoks and continue playing baseball or I keep playing hockey. And um, the coaches that I had growing up when I was in that 12 to 15 range for baseball was Ramon Valdez and Drew Miller and the Steve Lloyds. And they uh, they always talked very highly, told me that this is the right path for me to take. And then I took a bad concussion in hockey when I was 15 and Mom and dad were like, I think it's time to, I think it's time to continue with baseball. It's not worth any more brain injuries or anything like that. And um, I think when I was 14 is when I started to finally stick out a lot from everybody else in baseball back home. Mm -hmm. And it's just being able to dominate at a young age. it, It was fun and just really started to fall in love more with it. From a fandom perspective, when you're a kid growing up, did you have a favorite player or team that you had when you were growing up, or were you still so fixated on hockey that being an observer of baseball wasn't even really a thing for you? Uh, yeah, even like to this day, like I don't. If I'm being honest, I don't even I don't even really follow baseball too much. It's just I like following hockey more. Like I'll I'll tune into more hockey games and baseball games. Um, but for for a baseball standpoint, Marcus Stroman was always somebody who I looked up to. Um, just because I was a smaller guy growing up, I didn't finally hit my growth spurt till I was first year junior college. I want to say I was always a smaller guy. And then looking at Marcus Stroman, he was never a big guy and just seeing how dominant he was at a, at a small frame and everything like that, um, gave me that little bit of grit, a little bit of grittiness in me to want to be the small guy that does well and, uh, beat all the bigger guys. 
and then hitting that growth spurt, it it made me into that next level of a baseball player that I am now. So let's go to the hockey realm for a second here. Who's your team? Who's your player? And um, how's your team doing so far if you're putting on your scouts hat? Uh, pretty cliche. I'm a Sidney Crosby, uh, Cro- Crosby fan in Penguins. Been a diehard fan of them. My room was always dressed up in Penguin stuff, never baseball. Um, so being a Penguins fan, I mean, they have their on and off years, that's for sure. Mm. They're doing all right this year. Let's go back to the baseball scene. You mentioned it earlier. You like the traveling part. You certainly did your part in that in, in Alberta, uh, not just from Lethbridge, but also, as you mentioned, you went to Okotoks. We'll get to that in a second. Spent a lot of time in Calgary as well. Walk us through your journey as you went through baseball from like 13 to 18, because you certainly got, a, if you look at your Instagram, there is a there are a few jerseys that you wore over the course of those few years. Yeah, Um it was it was tough growing up. I, I don't know how my dad was able to manage it for me, but it was all of our practices. So coyotes in the winter time, it was like go to hockey practice. I'd skip some hockey practices. My dad would drive me up every. It was two to three two or three days a week. I want to say it was up to the Viper Dome in Calgary for practice. And I mean, it wasn't no three four hour practices. It was it was an hour and a half. Sometimes it was just batting practice with the coaches. But he would be driving me up there, driving me right back down to get to school in the morning and. It was a lot of sacrifice, that's for sure. But um, personally, it was when I was young. It was like, oh, dad, like I don't want to keep doing this. Like this is so much. But he's like, no, like it's it's something that like you know you're gonna excel in. It's something that you need in order to uh, get to the next level. And then after a few weeks of doing it, it, it became like fun to do because like meeting all the new friends and stuff, like playing on all the new teams and things like that, and going to these tournaments. It was. It was really fun, whereas hockey, it's like you play the same teams growing up, you play the same players growing up all the time, and then just being able to uh, put on different uniforms is always cool, too. Mm -hmm. At 16, you end up going to Okotoks, and you thought you had everything all figured out, and then the health bomb hits you. Talk us through how that all transpired. Yeah, so it was the summer of my grade 10 year, I want to say it was. That's when I was in Okotoks. I went down there in the fall, played, and then um, felt a little bit of a, not a pop, but a little soreness in the elbow there. So I came home, uh, kind of rehabbed that a little bit, hopped into summer ball with the Elks, played the Elks, and then went to the top 40 camp for Team Alberta, ended up making the Team Alberta team for Canada Cup. And then it was two weeks before Canada Cup happened, right before our season ended for Elks. Uh, I was throwing down in where was that bozeman montana we were playing and i got the start and played long toss before my my outing everything was fine hopped in the bullpen and then as soon as i got on the mound i think it was my third pitch i threw one and i got a really bad pain in the elbow and then coach came out elbow was all swollen and everything was in a lot of pain and then ended up calling the coach from uh, the alberta team i was like hey like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to come to the tournament um just Ended up getting my MRI. I was like, blew out my elbow and everything like that. And um, I was lucky enough. And he was like, you know what, man? Like, come down. Um, it'll be a fun experience even to be with the guys on the bench. Like, you were in the spot. So, like, it's not fair to not let you come down. And so I ended up going to Fort McMurray with the Team Alberta team. And I got lucky. They let me they let me throw an inning. So that was fun. It wasn't a great inning, but it worked. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that's where I got the notice from uh, junior college, Colby. So... I was very happy. I was. I went down there through that inning. No kidding. When you think about that moment, because you you kind of alluded to it 
throughout so far is you almost underestimated how good you were at the game. Do you remember that moment where it kind of flipped for you, where you went, okay, this is a cool game that I'm pretty good at, to, okay, maybe I can chase the college dream. Was there a specific moment or a time or a conversation that made that come to fruition for you? Yeah, it was. So when I played with PBA in, uh, I ended up playing with PBA for a little bit there in Lethbridge, just on the roster. I was still kind of fiddling with my elbow there a little bit. Um, cause it was, it took about a year to get the surgery. Mm-hmm. So I took that whole summer off afterwards, like when the season ended after the Canada cup and then went down there in the fall with Lethbridge with PBA and then kept playing and then, um, being around all the older guys. And I didn't know much about colleges and stuff like that down in the States. And they always talked about wanting to go play and play down, uh, play down South in the warm weather and all that stuff. And then just being around all, being around all that and knowing the opportunities out there and, how to get to the next levels just kind of made me really want to rehab and come back properly because I thought I was going to go strap the Jets back on and go continue uh, continue hockey and finish out a junior career. Mm-hmm. So you end up getting that opportunity. As you mentioned, Cole becomes calling. You end up spending a couple of years down there, three years actually, when I look at the, at the stat sheet. What, what was A, attractive about that program and B, looking back on it with 2020 hindsight, what that program mean to you and your development as a, as a ball player? Oh, it means a lot. I mean, Ryan Carter down there without him, I don't think I'm, I'm at, I don't think I'm here without him. Um, if he didn't give me that opportunity to come down, um, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Obviously for Canadians, it's hard to get out of here and go to the States and play. But uh, when I first got down there, it was, I just finished rehabbing my elbow from uh, the surgery and mechanically and mentally it was, it was a hard struggle. Um, I wasn't getting the results. My mechanics were so off and it just, it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was going to excel anywhere in the baseball part. So um, they always said, go play the summer ball after the seasons and stuff like that to see live hitters and get better. But um, sitting down with my dad and, all that he said, like I think summer ball is probably not the best option. Let's let's really focus in on getting your mechanics back to normal and getting into the weight room because I wasn't in the weight room really at that time. I was still the smaller guy. And then when I started to put on some more size and fix my mechanics, and then went back for my second year, I, I had better numbers. And so I was like, okay, like if I keep focusing and focusing up on this and keep getting stronger and better, maybe I can like really fall back in love with the game and excel. And then putting on all that weight and everything getting better. And then my velocity and everything just skyrocketed from there. And then seeing my first 90 was like, okay, like I can really make something out of this. Mm -hmm. And then really just like put the uh, foot down on the gas pedal and went to work. And then each summer just kept getting better and better. And then ended up playing with the bulls that one summer. And I think I was up to 94 in the, in the summer there. And then, that's when Tennessee wasn't called me. And then it was like a bunch of schools. It was just like phone call after phone call after phone call of all these like top schools. And I was like, this is like something I can really, really make something <laughs> out of it. And then I thought Tennessee wasn't was the best option for me and just said, pulled the trigger and said, yeah, let's do it. No visit, no nothing. And just kind of came down here and went to work. Very cool. How tough was it coming back from that injury? Because especially when you're that young, it's got to be sitting in the back of your mind, like what happens if it happens again kind of thing, right? Like you haven't gone through maybe some of the trials and tribulations that you would have had you had the injury when you were, say, in second year college, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, I think the biggest part of my recovery was the mental side of it. I was always so scared that I, it was, they always used to say it was the phantom pains. Mm-hmm. So all, all the time throwing, it was like I, I was being my, even mechanically. I was mechanically I was being very protective of my arm, and then. I always thought, you know, like, what if my arm blows out again? Like, mm-hmm. this pain, like, maybe I should shut it down. So I'd shut it down for a few days and then ease my way back into it. And then it'd be, like, another little pain in the elbow, which I went to doctors. I got another MRI on it because I thought maybe it didn't heal properly. And then MRI results came back. Everything was normal. There was nothing going on in there. And then finally when I got out of, out of my own head is when things started going forward for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Was it tough, especially your your time at Colby was sort of surrounding the, the pandemic as well? So your 2019-2020 season was cut short as everybody else's was. Then you're trying to do that while you're also coming back from an injury. How difficult was it to try to maneuver through all of these different trials and tribulations of not just the health side of it, but also the, the world around us side of it? Yeah, it was definitely tough. I mean, having seven months of no baseball there, um, I mean, players, you can either take it two ways. You either kind of just shut it down. And so I know a lot of my buddies, they just they use it as an opportunity to just enjoy their life and do all their camping and stuff that they don't get to normally do if they're in season. And then that's when COVID year was when the first year I finally started to like be there mechanically, mentally. It was like, all right, there's no pain. There's no worries with the arm. And then, so I, I use it an opportunity to really, uh, really get back into the baseball thing and focus. So for those seven months is I just really put my head down and went to work and the results definitely showed for me. It's almost a blessing in disguise to a certain extent, I assume, because then all of a sudden you're, you're kind of giving yourself that opportunity to rest and relax at your own pace versus trying to do it while also making sure that you're you're staying at the top of mind for whether it's Colby or whether it's for future post-secondary institutions as well. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I, I take that seven months as uh, definitely a blessing. It was something I think I needed and I'm kind of glad I got that opportunity to have that time to do it. Talk a little bit about the transition you've had from not just being a pitcher, but you're, when you look back at your career, you weren't necessarily a pitcher all the time. You were, you had quite the career as a catcher, growing up so walk us through the transition from going to catcher to pitcher yeah I, I loved catching it was I, if I could still catch this day I would do it I feel like I could definitely be a college catcher still to this day um, I was always recognized as the the catcher in southern Alberta playing um, team Canada for the world series for both little league and Calgary and I was our starting catcher and for Elks I think I made the Elks team at a, at 15 years old as the catcher so um even hitting wise, I thought I excelled very well in there. And then after the surgery, it was kind of it was a tough decision to make. And then I ended up uh, going down to Colby. I have I didn't catch for a while. I didn't I wasn't really pitching. And then I was just kind of rehabbing as if I was just throwing a baseball. I didn't rehab kind of as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And then when I got down there, we had a starting catcher who was there from Australia, who was a really good catcher. And then. Um, coach told me, he goes, if you want to like continue, cause I took my gear and everything down there thinking I was going to be a catcher too. And he's like, um, he goes, if you want, if you want to try catching, he goes, you can try, he goes, we got a returning, our, our returning catcher from last year who, I mean, I think he batted over 450 the year before I was there and catching wise, his numbers were just really, really good. And I was so young that 
I mean, I didn't really think about it as for myself. I didn't say, Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go take that spot. I kind of just did what the coaches said. And he's like, if you want to, if you want to keep pitching or try pitching out, he goes, let's try that. He goes, you have a strong arm. And cause I threw a bullpen down there. He, he asked if I wanted to throw a bullpen. I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll throw a bullpen, see how it goes. And um, my velocity was higher than three quarters of the team. And he goes, yeah, like let's, let's develop you as a pitcher. I was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. We were joking off air before we hit record for this episode that if you could go back in time to say right before you got to Colby and could meet up with your future self and go, hey, guess what? You end up a pitcher. Would former Kyle Bloor been surprised at how that all came to be? Definitely a little bit. I know my dad always teases me and my brother always teases me and he goes, oh, like go up to coach, see if you can catch a game, see if you can hit and stuff like that. So I, I never would have expected myself to be a pitcher and definitely with the velocity and everything I have now, I definitely would have said, no, it's not happening. <laughs> Speaking of the, the hitting side of things, we were also joking off air as well. How much are you jonesing for the opportunity at Tennessee to, uh, to maybe get an at bat or two? Oh, since the fall, I've been, I've been teasing the coach a little bit about that. I know we got our first pitcher's VP a couple of weeks ago, and it was two rounds of six. That's all you get. No warm-up, nothing in the cage. So, I mean, I didn't pick up a bat for a couple of months there. But, I mean, whenever I'm home at the break, I'm always swinging it and stuff like that and things on that side of the field. And then I know I got my opportunity to take my BP and out of my uh, 12, 12 pitches, I think I put six or seven out. And it was funny, the tennis coach, uh, so our tennis – tennis team they got their courts right behind our left field there and their parking lot and everything's there and i hit one that went over the fence and tailed around the the pool and up hitting a car window <laughs> so shattered that window and then our head coach obviously he wasn't there that day he was out recruiting so he came back the next day heard all about it and uh i don't think they got a good connection between the two coaches there and he goes i'm glad you glad you took that window out <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i i to this day, I always tease him like, "Hey, like, let me get that at bat. Let me see what I can do." And I'm not going to go down. Uh, I'm not going to go down looking or anything. I'll give you three of my best swings. That's for sure. Mm. Stay tuned for future plate appearance by Kyle Bloor. I'm I'm hoping we're we're hoping for you up here. Uh, when you look back on it, you've mentioned it a, a briefly for both. Is you've been able to represent Alberta. You've also been able to represent Canada as well at different events. What's it meant to you to be able to rock the A on the jersey or rock the Maple Leaf? Oh, I'm definitely grateful for it. I know everybody growing up, that's that's their goal is to do that. And um, just putting on that jersey, you get that uh, you get that feeling of knowing that uh, you're one of the top players out there. And you don't you never want to take it for granted. That's for sure because look what happens. One injury can take you out for a long time. So um, being able to do that was always fun growing up. Um, it was my goal to always play for Team Alberta, make the the Team Canada rosters and my next goals for right now is to be able to put on a world baseball classic team Canada Jersey or put on a, put on a professional Jersey for sure. How cool was it watching that uh, world baseball classic from your perspective? I mean, Canada goes two and two, obviously you want them to get better, but at the same time, it's still become this monumental event. And I've been arguing for the last uh, few weeks here's that thing might've changed the face of baseball just in terms of the international play. Absolutely. I know. So always like growing up watching it it's always cool seeing all these pro guys but when when you're in the college level and you got buddies playing in it and seeing them throw and our closer last year he's from australia and he got the opportunity to throw against japan this year 
mm-hmm. in there. So, I mean, it, I think it was four in the morning. I ended up staying up till just to watch him throw. And I mean, it was one inning, but to see him go out there and throw, it was, it was pretty special. It made me really want to get that opportunity as well. Absolutely. Looking back on the career to this point, we've talked a little bit about some of the, the pivotal people, but who do you give a lot of credit to? Who do you want to tip your cap to that have really been able to blaze a trail for you? Uh, definitely my parents. I mean, without my parents and my dad works overseas and um, my mo- he growing up, my mom, dad didn't let my mom work because she was raising four kids back home while he was out on the rigs and stuff like that. And um, the amount of sacrifice and money my parents have given up for me is more than enough. Without them, I'm not down here playing ball and I'm not getting the gear that I need. And then uh, Ryan Carter down at Colby, without him, I'm not playing college baseball either. And then all my coaches back home, they were always very positive, positive on my like side of playing ball. And just a lot of my uh, past players too, they always seen the potential I have and always wanted the best for me. Mm-hmm. You've seen a lot over your young baseball career. You've gone to a lot of different places. And so I'll be curious to see uh, what you say to this question. And we ask this typically right around this time in the podcast is let's say you get to go back home to Lethbridge or maybe you go back to the the den in Calgary and you get to chat with some of those younger players who are hoping to follow in in the, the pro dream, the college dream, that kind of thing. What advice or words of wisdom would you offer to them? Maybe things that you've learned along the way and now you have the benefit of 2020 hindsight to benefit from. Uh, you definitely got to have fun. It's uh, college baseball is not easy. I always thought it was easy growing up playing or playing at the young age. I thought you know you never had to take the school serious. Um, didn't have to go to a weight room or anything because it kind of came naturally. And then for Canadians, when you get down to the states, it's it's an eye opener for sure. You see talent that you never expect, and um, if you can get down on that early and attack that and get stronger and just really focus in, it's. Uh, It'll help you exceed against these guys because I know when I first showed up for my first outing in college against these American guys, it was these guys were always bigger, stronger. They played 90 to 100 games a year when we're playing 30 to 40 if we're lucky. Um, but just really fall in love with the game. If you can love the game, results will come and just to have fun with it. That segues really well into my last question for you here, Kyle. It's the one we ask everybody. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Oh, it means everything. <laughs> the, being them possibly the last year of college ball, it's uh, it goes by quick. Um, don't take it for granted. I it feels like it was two weeks ago. I was starting my first uh, college career on the mound, and um, it's where you make probably your best friends. And I know a lot of the guys that I've met, um, they'll be in my wedding party one day. That's for sure. It's you meet some of the greatest people, and it's some of the best experiences for sure. Being able to travel with your best friends for months on end and just doing the thing you got no other worries besides school and baseball so it's just it's just living your best life for the few years that you get for it well, you're certainly living that life uh, right now and, and and it's paying dividends for you kyle congratulations again on all the success you've had at this point continued success going forward and thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast and sharing your story 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate it a ton. Thanks again to Kyle Bloor for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you like this or any other episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on your podcast app, as those actions help spread the word about ADS. A tip of the cap as well to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been integral partners in covering costs for us like web hosting fees and subscriptions. If you'd like to help us out as well, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.